This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. We are glad you are listening to us once again. On today's menu, we have for you the heart of the church, good music, tuxedo, and present truth. It's time for that segment, The Heart of the Church. Hello and welcome to your program, The Heart of the Church. We are here once again to continue the study as we have been doing. And for today, Monday, we have the title, Who Wrote the Bible and Where? Rather interesting if you ask me, but my friends are still here to delve with me to the study. Gloria Sebafo. Franco Poku Welcome, and we will go straight to the study, but then before we do that, we will have a short word of prayer from Gloria. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we thank you once again for this opportunity. We ask that you go with us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uncle Ben, straightforward question, which is sometimes difficult to answer. Who wrote the Bible? Who wrote the Bible? This is a very important question when you want to understand the Bible. Now, if you go through the Bible like we saw in the introduction, it is important that we take themes in the Bible to explain some of these things. The scripture tells us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. But you and I, we know that God did not write all these with his hands. He worked through human agencies. And so he used human beings to pen down these words of inspiration. So if I should answer who wrote the Bible, I would say that human beings who were inspired by God wrote the words of the scripture. And we also understand that all these people, they have different backgrounds, they have different educations, occupations, and the rest. Yet they were able to come into a consensus as per, as per their works, which we find in the scripture. So if you should ask who wrote the Bible, this is the letter I can say on that. Indeed, there were different people writing under the inspiration of God himself. But uh, Auntie Gloria, uh, as we go into the study, there's another question that we need to answer. Where was the Bible written? Maybe you try to link it up if you have some on who wrote it and look at where it was written for us. Mm. From the synopsis, we see that the locations varied three different continents with three different, very different experiences, very different backgrounds. We are told, spanning from Moses right from the very first, the writer of the very first books to John the Revelator. Moses was in the land of exile. Moses was supposed to be a prince, but he chose to suffer with the children of Israel. With this experience, as compared to John the Revelator, someone who was in exile, some were shipbearers, some were doctors, professors, tax collectors, yet they all wrote the Bible from their own, wherever they were located, and they formed part of that unique whole. Their locations, their backgrounds were different, 
they were different and their perspectives were different um we are told that it was not for any for no reason that god did allow that it was for a purpose because yes if i happen to be let's say a poor person i have someone who is in the same condition as me who had the opportunity of writing the bible and then that person would have written the bible though under the inspiration of god but from the perspective of a very poor person from the perspective of a very rich person so that no matter your background you also have uh, your relevance the bible has relevance to you yes so when we ask of the location where this is what we have to say i think places. you are pointing us to the fact that we can all relate to the bible in one way or the other and maybe we should look at this scripture text as we move along romans chapter 15 verse 4. okay let's read from romans 15 verse 4. the bible reads for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope amen amen and so looking at this scripture alone tells us that with the various diverse backgrounds we have just seen uh, God's inspiration is moving through scripture. Our dear friend, we have come to the end of another study. We have seen that the Bible is inspired by God. We want to pray that the Lord will help us to read it with such meaning. Uncle Frank, please read. Please pray with us. Shall we pray? Our God and King, we thank you for leading us through your study. All that you are asking is that continue to give us understanding and continue to talk to our minds. Help us that we will, even as we listen to your word, we will be able to apply them in our daily lives. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. It's now time for Taxido. Good day, viewers, and welcome to the studios of AWR, the Adventist World Radio. And welcome to the program Dab Taxido. And I am your host, Nanayao Abouad. You can call me ABG for short. Now, this is a program where we got to discuss issues that concerns men, issues that confront men each and every day. This comes in a wide range of issues such as um, finance. It can be Christianity. It can be family. Now, so this is when we want to discuss this kind of issues and break it down and educate ourselves on how to go about uh, our daily lives. So I have with me today in the series of AWR, um, this noble gentleman who are going to help me today to digest and educate us on these kind of issues. Um, I'd like to say welcome to uh, my gentlemen. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Yes, and then um, I would like to introduce each one of you. Um, from the far left is we have Mr. Bernard, um, and then we have Mr. Lambert, and we have Mr. Thomas. And as I, once again, I am a host, Nanayao Abouad. You can call me ABG, and let's move on. Uh, we'd like to pray before we um, begin our discussions. So, Mr. Ben, can you lead us in prayer? All right. As we do. Shall we bow for a word of prayer? Right. Our Heavenly Father in heaven, we thank you once again for this blessed day. It's our prayer that whatever we discuss shall be of good benefit to our viewers and we ourselves over here. That every home will be a heaven on earth. In Jesus' name have we prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Mr. Ben. Um, 
So we're gonna have series of topics to discuss, okay? And for the start, we, we're gonna begin with a Christian father. As I said, this program is tuxedo, and it's about issues that concerns men. Father, being a father, uh, being a first son, being a son or whatever, okay, in our daily lives. So we're going to talk about the Christian father, okay, the head of the family. And as head of the family, we have to imitate Christ. Now, before we go, I want to, I want to read an excerpt from the um, Council for the Church by Ellen White. Okay, it says that as you faithfully do your duty in the home, the father as a priest of the household, the mother as a home missionary, you are multiplying agencies for doing good outside of the home. As you improve your own powers, you are becoming better fitted to labor in a church and in the neighborhood. By binding your children to yourselves and to God, fathers and mothers and children become laborers together with God. You get my point. So um, let's delve into the issues. Now let's start by, we say the father is the head of the family. Now, when we say, what does it mean to be the head of the family? Mr. Thomas. Yeah, thank you once again. Being the head of the family is being a leader. Sure. And you all know a leader is someone who leads a group to achieve a set goals. So to be at the head of the family, and as you said, a Christian father, yes. you must be a leader who is leading the family to Christ. Okay. And leading them to Christ means you are developing, helping them to develop the moral, the physical, the social, emotional aspect of human life in, and spiritually, yeah, spiritually also. So is the father as the leader and as the head to assist, to guide, to share, to protect the family and lead them to Christ. That's really a lot. You got guide, shared, protect, all by the father. Yeah. So he is the head. Yeah. He's like um the head and um like a driver driving a vehicle. Right. Yeah. You drive them to the destination and the destination is Christ. Okay. So you have to lead each and every member of the family to Christ. Okay, so when the family goes to a ditch, we blame the father. Yeah. You know, when the family goes to Christ, we appreciate the father. Yeah. That's right. That really entails a lot. Right? The, the, these, these are so many um, things that the father has to do as the head of the family. I know there are more things in that he has to be done as a, as a father. Now, let's see. Um, so, Mr. Lambert, just uh, let's help me elaborate this a little. The head of the family to imitate Christ. Um, what does it mean to imitate Christ? Yes, I think to imitate Christ is something appropriate because... The Bible has clearly made us to understand in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, that Christ is the head of man, yeah, sure. and man is the head of the wife, as God is the head of Christ. Mm -hmm. So if Jesus is the head of man, and we are imitating him, I think it's appropriate. One of the practical examples that Jesus set when he came to this earth is humility. Okay. If you recall in the Bible, that during the communion service, Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. You know how they felt. So just deem yourself that. Imagine that in the same communion service in your church, your pastor, probably your elder, whoever washes your feet, how would you feel? So the feeling that the disciples felt, Jesus bid them to do the same. So as we imitate Jesus, we also have to exhibit humility to others or to our family members so that we have a peaceful or a smooth relationship in the family. So you, you mean that the father has to set humility example. Sure. He has to be humble 
both the wife and the children. Sure. Not just be walking around as a boss, hitting the, the chest <laughs> like, hey, I'm the, I'm the head of the family, you know. You, you all got to listen to me, that kind, no. of, that kind of thing. You don't have to be so bossy that Give I'm the, the head, so do this or do that. No. It has to be in a humble manner so that the amount of love or the expected output, you have it. Okay, sure. Uh, Mr. Ben, I know there's a lot more to add to it. Being imitating Christ. What do you think about it? Um, uh, it it's a whole lot. Sure. For the father to make sure he imitates Christ and then carry the entire family to Christ. Apart from the father showing humility in the house, the father is also supposed to be a shield, as Thomas said, to protect the entire family, to be a savior for the family. You know, Christ came specifically to die for our sins. He laid down his life to protect the Christendom, to protect humanity, that we may all have access to God. I think basically the father is also supposed to do that make sure he protects his family, guides them, shield them, and take them to Christ, to heaven. Then apart from that, um, we are also supposed to imitate Christ that as fathers, we provide for our homes, giving them food to eat, clothes, um, shelter, and what have you. You know, Christ had to feed 5,000 men. That wasn't easy. Not at all. Yeah. He, he fed his family. That was the disciples. And then after feeding the disciples, they were extra. So what, what I mean is the man is supposed to work, make sure he has enough, not only to feed the wife and children, but also extend his hands uh, to feeding the extended family and whoever comes to him for help. Hmm. That's really a lot, you know, being the head and imitating Christ. You know, our time is fast running up, but uh, just let's, let's, let's briefly touch on um, this and then we can um, call it a day. Uh, in what way can a Christian father make his home a Christian home? Briefly, briefly. Yeah, in what way? Uh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. What I would say is the Christian father must make sure the children seek the divine protection. Okay. That was leading them to prayer. Prayer. Yes. And after it, you can also have to assist them to seek a divine uh, guidance from the Holy Bible. Okay. For going out because outside is full of temptation. Mm -hmm. So they need the word of God to overcome those thoughts. Without the word, Christ was able to overcome uh, temptation by using what the word of God said. It is written. So as a father, you must always assist or guide your kids, your, your, your family to seek the word of God before going out. <laughs> wow. So the, the, uh, the family has to learn or start the day with prayer. Yeah. It has to be something that has to be consistent. Yes. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Prayer. Yeah. Um, mm. In the morning, yeah. they are supposed to meet as a family and pray and also discuss their Sabbath school before they leave for their various works and then school. And then when they return, uh, let's say five minutes or ten minutes to bedtime, the family is also supposed to meet and pray. You know, my boy always tell me, that one mom payo. That's cute. Yeah. That, that means that I've already told him it's bedtime, go and sleep. Good. Then he will say, that one mom payo. Yeah. Uh. So he will even remember you that the family is supposed to meet. We pray before everybody goes to their room to sleep. Okay, so just to add few to my brother, when you read Adventist home, I think one of the chapters states that love is a principle and a precious gift from God. Right. It means that God gives us love. 
So if you want to have a good Christian home, that means that we have to derive or resort to the one who gave it to us for power. Right. So that is to say that we have to um, do a, um, a constant communication with Christ. with Christ or with God yeah. so that he will also give us the power to rule home and we have a, a, a smooth or a, a good Christian home. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been an honor having you here today. You mean you guys have said a lot, and just this few moments, we've we've, we've learned a whole lot of responsibilities of men. That is not really easy to be a father, but you know, by the help of God, we know that gradually we will get there. I know we are all young men. Some of us have already have you know have children. Others are on the way, and then some are you know, in the process. Some in the process <laughs> having children. Yes, and we all have our families. We just hope and pray that our families will be the best and we're going to have the best Christian homes that we have. Um, um, thank you viewers, you know, uh, just a short time, but we know that um, we've, we've really, really, really learned a lot and we want you to join us um, same time. Uh, we'll come your way again. I mean, th this topic is not done yet. We still have more to go, to go through. So make a date with us and then we will see you again. Dear friend, we would like to receive your feedback, so call us on the number plus 233-5015-61849 plus 233-5015-61849. You can also email us at the address adventistworldradiogh at gmail.com adventistworldradiogh at gmail.com you can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS17564, Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. When upon experience you are tempest tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, link them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has. Are you ever burdened with the load of care? Does a cross so heavy you are called to bear? Can't you many blessings every doubt will fly? And you will be singing as the days go by. When you live it's others with your lengths and go Think that Christ has promised you his wealth and soul Count your many blessings money cannot buy Your reward in heaven or your So amid the conflicts, whether great or small, do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort, keep it to your journey's end. Come on, so let's see what's going on. Come on, so let's see what's going on. Come on, so let's see what's going on.
Beloved, I welcome you to the Moment of Hope broadcast. Let us pray. Father, once again, we bless you because it has deemed fit to call us together that you speak to us. I humbly ask that may you speak to your children so that we hear you speak in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to consider the topic, Why Waste Up the Ground? A memory test is taken from the book of Luke. Chapter 13, verse 6 to 9. Luke chapter 13, 6 to 9. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I have been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Verse 8. Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. And I want us to consider why waste up the ground. Jesus Christ, the greatest teacher to have ever lived, loved to speak in parables. And most times when he was teaching his disciples, he used illustrations. For this reason, one ought to take very particular attention and a critical look at the parables before you'll be able to understand him. The scripture reading that has just been read is one of such parables. For those that are farmers or those that know people that are farmers, you would really appreciate what I'm going to say. Take for instance, you've been given 10 acres of land to farm and you want to plant maize or corn. I believe there are some things that you have to do to be able to get the site ready. You have to either by yourself or engage people to help clear the land. You have to weed. After weeding, you have to gather and burn it. Then you get people to help you to plant. You need to water. You need there are some land that you even need to fertilize. And imagine having gone through all this after three months or thereafter when you expect to get your harvest. Ten acres of land where you have planted corn you only get one bag of corn. I want to believe you're going to be happy. You are going to call all people to come and be joyous with you because you've been able to get one bag of maize. Obviously, you'll not be happy. Imagine you are traveling. You have a child who is in primary three. You've taken this child to one of the best schools. You've paid all the school fees and you're going to stay away for about three years. Once away, you will call to find out from your wife or from your spouse whether the child is doing well. And almost every time, you get the information that this child is doing well. Imagine you come back after three years to find this child still in class three. Are you going to be happy? Of course, you will not be. Why won't you be? You will not be because you have spent so much on this child and you expect this child to at least be in either class six or five you finally will not be happy, and so you will do everything possible to find out the reason why this child was not able to get there. This is the import of the message God is giving to us. This farmer indeed is generous and merciful because he has done all he could, and yet the fruit could not, the tree could not be fruitful. What is Christ teaching us in this parable? Let us take a critical look at our lives. Jesus pointed out that 
if we are trees, he expects us to bear fruit. And so the question is, what fruit have you borne over these years when you accepted to become a Christian? Jesus is by this warning us that he would not tolerate forever our lack of productivity. Have you been enjoying God's grace? Have you been enjoying God's special treatment for all these years? And yet, you have not been fruitful. God is ever ready to give you another chance. Like the farmer said, he pleaded on your behalf. Jesus is pleading on your behalf. He still sees something positive in your life. And so he can make something good out of your life. Why don't you give him time? Because he's ever ready to do that for you. May the Lord continue to bless you, even as you avail yourself to be used by him. I am your humble servant, Daniel Uswansa. Amen. We would like to hear from you, so call us on the number plus 233-5015-61849 plus 233-5015-61849. You can also email us at the address AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com you can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS17564, Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. For AWR Ghana, I am Bell. May God bless you.